This is Sound Talks Technology. Hello and uh, welcome again to another Sound Talks Technology. I'm super excited today because I'm joined by Sam Liang, who's the CEO of Otter AI. Otter AI is, well, certainly one of the most popular apps, if not the most popular app on Apple today. It's a voice transcribing application that uses AI to take your conversation that you're using and build intelligence into it. I'd like to find out more, and of course, we're now going to ask Sam to explain. Hello, Sam. How are you? Very good. How are you, Sam? Nice to you. Good. Where do we find you today? Uh, I'm sorry? Where do we find you? Where are you based? Oh, we are uh, based in Los Altos in Silicon Valley. Uh, we're about 10 minutes from Google's headquarter in uh, Mountain View. Okay. And for those who don't know, how long has Otter AI been an application? How long has it been a company? The company was started uh, three years ago. Uh, Otter itself um, is only one year old, uh, but it's growing very rapidly. Um, actually, just yesterday, um, Apple App Store featured Otter as app of the day in the U.S. App Store yesterday. And previously, I believe it was in March, um, the Apple Store in uh, Britain featured uh, Otter as Apple. Brilliant. Tell me a little bit about Otter. How did you come about producing Otter? What was the embryonic idea that made you go, yeah, I think I need to sit down and we create this application? What was the uh, eureka moment? Right. Um, there are several motivations. Um, one is that um, as an entrepreneur myself, I have tons of meetings. I meet with VCs, I meet with uh, potential customers, I meet with engineers. Every day I have five, six, or even more meetings, uh, either in-person meetings or phone calls or video conferences. So um, there are tons of conversations I had to take. So traditionally I use a paper notebook to take notes or I type on the computer. Um, for one-on-one -on -one meetings, typing on the computer is actually really rude. Um, it's okay if you're in a 10-people meeting that everybody have their laptop on the table. It's, it's okay, but for one-on-one -on -one meeting, it's really rude. I could um, write on my uh, paper notebook, but the problem with my paper notebook is that um, um, I actually, I don't recognize my own handwriting, and uh, after a while, um, you know, it's really hard to search. There's no way for me to search my notes on a paper notebook, and usually when I need the information, I don't have my notebook with me. What, part of the motivation is to remember information uh, that I heard, and also to remember information, the, uh, all the promises I made to other people. You know, I made three promises, you know, three hours ago, but after three meetings, I forget what, what I promised. So that's really bad for myself. Um, and for other people, you know, there are billions of people in the world that everybody talks so much every day. Um, there's, there's a lot of statistics that show that, you know, in, in a person's lifetime, they may speak about 800 million words in their lifetime. So that's actually a tons of value there. Um, in most of this information is actually lost. If we look at the human history, um, recorder is only invented, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 years ago. Um, so not a very long time. So before that, all that conversation data is lost. It's actually tremendous um, loss and waste for uh, human being in general. So now we have recording, but um, recording is so 
itself is, is hard to consume uh, if you don't have the transcript. Uh, if, you know, you do podcasts, so you have a lot of audio recordings. And how do, how do I find the part I'm interested in? Uh, it's very hard to search audio. So, uh, so we see transcript you know, can be really valuable, but you know, we don't see author as a transcription uh, application. We see it as a collaboration application. So that's why actually a lot of people, professional students um, are using it for lectures, for meetings. We can talk more about the use cases. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in that collaboration part in a minute. Um, so Otter itself, what does the parent company call? Because it's, clearly it's not Otter. As you said, it, your, the company started three years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, the company, when we started it, uh, the official name is AI Sense, Artificial Intelligence Sense. Okay. Um, but when we released the Otter app one year ago, um, and it's getting so popular, so we decided to just call the company author.ai, which is, you know, author.ai is also our company's website. So, um, so that's the name we're focusing on. Okay. Now, you have a very famous set of investors. Can you explain who's behind the company as investors? Because, I mean, those people who haven't read about Otter would certainly be interested. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, uh, we had, um, well, before this, I did another startup, and uh, it, it was a mobile startup in uh, Palo Alto. It was successfully acquired, and after that, uh, we decided to build uh, Otter. I also have a co-founder, Yun Fu, um, and he worked with me in my first startup. So when we decided to build the new company, we talked to a bunch of investors. We talked about our idea. Um, for me personally, I like to do something dramatic, something more crazy. So at first, we say, hey, you know, we're going to transcribe everything in the world. Um, because previously I worked at Google, so I was trained to think big. So Google's mission statement was um, organize world's uh, voice, in, uh, world's information and make it universally accessible and, and, and usable. So for us, we thought, you know, think about all the voice data in the world. Where, where is it? It's really hard to find them, really hard to um, consume them. So, you know, part of our mission is actually organize world's voice information and make it universally uh, accessible and um, useful. So uh, one of the investors we talked to is actually my PhD advisor at Stanford. I did my PhD on distributed systems with David Sheraton. Um, he was actually the uh, first investor in Google back in 1997. He wrote a check of $100,000 to Larry Page and Sergey uh, at that time to start Google and he helped them uh, build an initial strategy and, and build the, uh, uh, the engineering team and, and product. And, of course, you know, a few years later, Google went um, public. Uh, that $100,000 became a few billion dollars. Um, <laughs> Don't we all wish we were there to invest that $100,000 then? Right. And, of course, I mean, in, in, for him, David is a super smart guy. I mean, he had multiple companies. Uh, he founded multiple companies, and his last company was Arista. Uh, it went IPO four years ago, and now it's worth... I don't remember, like 
30 40 billion dollars uh, by itself so right uh, it is it's not just luck i mean he he's he's just smart <laughs> and I, I was lucky to study with him and did my phd thesis so after uh, later when i uh, building my own companies, I, I usually go to him asking for advice. And uh, this time, I told him about um, uh, our idea, and he liked it, and so he decided to invest in us. Um, and another in, a really good investor is Tim Draper. Um, Very good investor. He's a founder of the DFJ uh, venture firm, and he later invested in uh, Hotmail, Skype, uh, DFG investing Tesla, SpaceX. So uh, they made a lot of very, very ambitious bets. Um, so he, uh, Tim himself is a crazy person. If you uh, watch his video, listen yeah. to his speeches. So my personality sort of matches his personality. When I first left Google in 2010, I talked to a lot of VCs about my first startup idea. Uh, basically, I was going to track location all the time on a mobile phone like iPhone or Android. Most VCs at that time thought it was too creepy, too um, uh, crazy, and that nobody would use our application. But when I met with Tim Draper, and he fell in love with it. He said, wow, this is so cool. I want to log my whole life. Um, and uh, this is, uh, feels like um, minority report. So he jumped onto it. Um, that's how we started my um, partnership or friendship with him um, nine years ago. So it's been nine years after I <clears throat> uh, sold my first startup. Uh, and when I started a new one, I told him. So you, know, you sold your startup to Alibaba, if I read rightly. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, um, yeah, 2013, the end of 2013. So we'll come back to that one maybe later. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, Otter, I think, is way more uh, interesting than our first startup. Of course, I learned a lot from my first startup, uh, and and the new company is growing much faster, and it has a much bigger uh, vision and much bigger um, use cases for more people. So um, yeah, back to Tim. You know, he he really loved the idea. Um, so we it took us a couple of years to build technology behind it. There's a lot of AI to make speech recognition accurate and make it fast. Uh, a year ago, we launched the app, and Tim is a it's a super user of Otter himself. Uh, if you look at his uh, Twitter feed, once in a while he actually tweet uh, his speeches uh, transcribed by Otter. Um, and um, he has done, um, uh, he has been using Otter in hundreds of his own meetings, like founder pitches, even some board meetings. Um, he found it really useful at uh, meeting, recording, and transcript with his uh, own team as well, so that everybody's on the same team, uh, on the same page. Um, so this is why I call Otter as a collaboration tool. It's, it, you can use it for yourself, of course, but it, it's more powerful uh, whenever you uh, uh, work with other people in a meeting. It's actually um, much more valuable to share this with everybody in the meeting. Uh, even for people who miss the meeting, actually, it, it can be even more useful because um, for a one-hour meeting, they can 
you know, get the information they need by looking at the transcript and only listening to uh, selected parts of the audio. Uh, so he doesn't have to spend a whole hour to get the uh, useful information for him. So, um, yeah, so this is why we see this is actually collaboration and productivity tool as well. So one of the things I was reading about, you've, you've added custom vocabularies recently to Otter. Right. Can you tell me more about what custom vocabularies are and why, why, why you added them recently? Yeah, custom vocabulary is because um, people invent new words all the time. Um, and we live in Silicon Valley here. There's a lot of uh, uh, international uh, people whose names are now standard English names. So when you hear those names and when you hear um, a new startup names are invented every day, um, the standard speech recognition system couldn't transcribe them because they don't know how to spell those words. So customer recovery uh, is a new feature we created to allow the users to enter um, unusual, name, uh, unusual names, unusual words, jargons, or acronyms. You know, people use acronyms all the time um, to allow Archer to transcribe them correctly. Um, so it's it much more powerful. Um, right now, it's, it's a premium feature. Um, it requires a subscription to use that feature. But um, we, we've heard a lot of uh, feedback about that feature. That people really love it, uh, especially for enterprises, if you think about you know, any major enterprise, they have a lot of uh, uh, special jargons, terminologies, and they're not common in standard English uh, dictionary. And also, again, acronyms. Uh, if you think about large company, they have tons of uh, acronyms. Um, only those people in the company know what they are. So uh, we allow people to add those into Otter so that we can recognize them. So. Given given that it's machine learning AI, are, are you aggregating all of the um, conversations, the transcribed conversations, in order to get smarter, or where is the privacy element of Otter AI? So, if I've got a meeting and I'm recording something and I store it, how is Otter storing that in the cloud as well and aggregating that with others to further advance your learning? Or is that something that's totally private? How, how do you get Otter to become smarter, I guess? Right. It's a very good question. This is also the power of AI. Um, the power of AI is trying to take advantage of the huge amount of data, uh, both in the history and uh, those data being generated constantly every day. So the more data you have, uh, supposedly, um, the AI can learn better. So for us, um, it's a little subtle. Well, it's also, uh, we have to be very careful to protect users' privacy, of course, because voice conversations can be very sensitive. So uh, we do encrypt the data. We keep it confidential. You know, I'm not allowed to listen to your recording or look at your data. Um, most of the end of the things we've done so far is actually based on public data. Uh, there are a lot of radio shows, there are TV shows, there are um, uh, tons of um, uh, open stuff on the internet. It's actually tremendous data on the internet. We do need to do a lot of engineering work 
to crawl the data, to um, evaluate the data. Not every uh, piece of data is useful. As you know, actually we have to build a lot of algorithms to identify um, good data to use and throw away bad data. And of course, I mean, what do you mean by bad data? It's sort of a there. Um, for users um, uh, recording, um, especially when the, because author allows a user to correct words um, if uh, there's any, uh, any words are transcribed wrong by author, uh, which, is, which is still happening. Of course, nobody is 100% perfect. So when people correct words, uh, we actually try to learn from that. Uh, we look at the transcription, we look at the um, pronunciation in the recording. But this is all done by machine in an aggregate way. You know, there's no personal identifiable information there associated with that correction. You know, when we have a million correction, we put that into the machine learning system, and uh, it does a lot of, you know, the a lot of uh, data crunching with neural networks to uh, refine the model. And also, a, a big challenge, of course, is noise. You know, right now, we're doing this Zoom call. It's relatively quiet. However, you know, when you're talking to people in a, uh, in a conference, in a, um, a Starbucks, in a coffee house, um, it can be very noisy. Um, so how do we handle those? Um, and also, a lot of uh, conference rooms or conference halls have uh, strong echo uh, reverberation. Um, even sometimes human beings have trouble uh, understanding the speeches uh, in those situations. So we have to train the algorithm to handle the echo correctly, handle the noise correctly. Um, and um, there's a lot of things about uh, uh, language context as well. Um, you know, it's, if you think about how you interpret it, interpret a uh, conversation, you may not um, hear every single word uh, clearly, but your brain is trained to sort of um, connect the dots and uh, fill in the blank. Even if you miss a few words, your brain, based on the context, based on the past conversation, you can sort of guess what the other person said. Um, so that's still hard for computers to do. Um, we have to build new computer uh, neural network models to train the system to uh, be able to understand context and to be able to uh, fill in the blank if a word is uh, not heard clearly or when there's suddenly some uh, uh, loud noise that overwhelm that work. So, uh, yeah, a lot of AI work to uh, make it accurate, make it uh, responsive. So, uh, are they the biggest challenges you're facing, or are there other challenges that Otter faces? I mean, when you look at the roadmap of where you want to take Otter, I mean, for example, uh, where is Otter available today? Is it totally internationalized or is it just English language speaking? <clears throat> so what sort of challenges are you facing? Uh, is, it, is it language challenges or is it computing challenges? 
Um, yeah, in terms of languages, right now we're focusing uh, we're focusing on English right now. We're, uh, we have a small team here, so we can't do too many things at the same time. Uh, we do plan to add other languages, of course. Uh, we, uh, alter, um, we, we got a lot of uh, requests for uh, other languages like Spanish, French, uh, Japanese, Mandarin. Um, we, uh, we went to this uh, big conference in Lisbon last year uh, called Web Summit. Um, the, the conference was uh, using English and um, some of the stages that they actually use Otter to provide live transcription. Um, but we did get a lot of requests there uh, from people. Of course, accents is one of the challenges we're facing. Uh, even when you're speaking English, um, people in UK and United States are, um, you know, they, uh, they have different accents. Even in the United States, uh, in uh, Texas, California, Boston, people have different accents. And now, of course, there are a lot of the people from outside of the United States, and myself, um, have my Chinese accents. There are a lot of Indian uh, engineers in Silicon Valley. They have their own accents. So um, uh, one of the challenges is to you know, understand these different accents correctly. Yeah, and how do you, how do, you do that? I mean, to uh, collect tons of data. Yeah, it's, you know, again, it, uh, this is a big data play. We have to uh, look for um, speeches that have variable, uh, various uh, accents, uh, Indian accents, Chinese accents, UK accents, Australia accents, South African. Um, it, it's a big mixture of <laughs> uh, speeches with different accents. Um, yeah, I mean, w one thing totally interesting for me, I'm a, I'm a big Alexa user, is how they're rolling out Alexa. It, they've just rolled it out into Germany and Spain now. And uh, so, again, I assume you have the same challenges as they do, trying to get the language right, trying to get the localization. Is, is this something that is easily overcome, or is this a massive operation for you? I mean, would it be putting feet on the street locally, or... Could it all be done from the valley and it's just a case of, yep, we just have to get enough data about somebody in Germany and we can then start to build a Otter AI for Germany. Is it purely a data play or is it, uh, do you need any more than data? Um, I think mostly data and mostly um, crowd sourcing in some way because when people use Otter, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we allow people to correct words. So when they correct words, they give us feedback, and the machine will use that correction to fine-tune the model. Um, so more people use it, the more data we collect it. Of course, you know, privacy is always extremely important. You know, GDPR, the uh, US, it's a lot of compliance, a lot of laws we have to um, observe, uh, but you know, Anonymously, the machine can listen to the uh, pronunciation of specific words and match that with the transcript and see is the mapping correct. Um, and, um, you know, so when you talk about German, uh, France, um, 
I think we try to do most of the work without um, uh, presence in the country, which is you know, uh, which is expensive to have an office in every country. Um, uh, so uh, I, I think we can handle most of the things by using data. Cool. So. Um do you have an API for Otter? I mean, I know it's in Zoom, uh, so you know the, the, the platform we're using now to record this. Um, is it in other platforms? I mean, is it an API that's open, or did you do something specifically for Zoom, or can any third-party developer now integrate Otter into their application? Um, we we uh, we don't have a public open API at this point. Um, with Zoom, um, we have some integration with them. The Zoom users can use Otter directly. Or uh, for you, you can also connect your Zoom account with the Otter account. So your cloud-recorded Zoom meeting can be automatically imported into Otter as well. The reason we focus on the Otter app is that uh, we see this is a um, a full experience we want the users to have in terms of recording, in terms of a live transcription, um, and also live sharing as well. You know, when we're doing this meeting, you can actually um, get the live transcript. Uh, let me actually send you the link so that you can see. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so you can see it on your computer as well. Um, I just sent you a URL. You can click it yep. for all. Um, I'm running Augur on my laptop. Um, so while I'm talking, it is transcribing me. So this is, we see this is um, experience we want the users to have. In the future, they can get even more intelligent. So for example, if you mention a person like uh, Elon Musk, um, the AI engine can, uh, get the background information of Elon Musk right away, um, even without your doing anything. So um, so this is actually not just transcript. This is you know, the very uh, beginning of system, much more intelligent collaboration. Um, you know, if I mention another person, for example, Simon, uh, if I mention his name three times, it's like I could, um, the system could send him a notification that, okay, Sam, uh, mentioned your name three times. Um, maybe there's some action items for you. Um, so it's a lot of things you can imagine that can happen. Um, again, you know, don't, we don't look at this just as transcription service. Um, okay. We are open to work with a lot of people, for example, podcasters. A lot of podcasters are actually using Otter to publish their podcast. Actually, let me share my screen with you to um, show you um, the, um, where is it? Yeah, a podcaster can publish the podcast by using um, Otter so that their podcast transcript is available to their user as well. 
So this is a um, one I he published this uh, podcast uh, in which he was interviewing this uh, Google director uh, managing Google Suite. So um, he has a recording and he, uh, he used the author to transcribe it. Um, it is uh, published here, both the audio and the transcript. So uh, you can actually play the, oops, why is it not playing? You can actually play the um, uh, podcast right here. And yeah. because the transcript is available, Google actually indexes the transcript for you so that when people search for certain information, they can quickly find this specific podcast quickly by looking at the uh, sentences inside the transcript. That, that, that's, yeah. Go on, sorry, Sam. Apologies, go on. Yeah, let me see if I... Local dish, so for example, alligator. You're in Orlando. Delicious, fried, grilled, barbecued, glazed. Right. So, yeah, for, this is uh, how the, you the can actually publish the podcast. So I understand. Did the podcaster upload their audio podcast into Otter, which then transcribed it, or did they do it? But you're doing this in real time, so... The link you just sent me in the background is transcribing our conversation in real time. You can either do you can either record it with Otter directly, or you can record it using another device and upload the audio into Otter later uh, and generate the transcript. Then um, use one line of HTML code uh, just. Uh, write iframe, I, I can show you the code, uh, this one line iframe code to embed a URL yep. pointing to the order, then you can get both the audio and the transcript. Um, then you can um, you know, uh, customize the, uh, the size of this frame, you know, how big it should it be, you know, if it's any CSS styling you want to do. It's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, you know, I'm now going to be up all night doing all 45 of my ex old podcasts, transcribing them with you and putting them onto a website. Now I yeah. found out. I, yeah. I was actually going to ask you because um, one of the biggest challenges is for podcasters is to transcribe it because people do want to search, find key snippets and index parts. But, but Google uh, recently announced that they were going to, on Google Play, if you were using their Google podcasting, they were going to auto-transcribe and equally, the most important part, index it into the Google. Is that something that they're doing with you or are they doing that separately? Because given, given your background as an ex-Googler, is that something that they're working quietly with Otter that you, that you may be doing with them? Because there's no detail on how they're going to do it. They just simply say they are going to do it. Yeah, um, yeah, I heard about that. Um, we're not working with them directly. Uh, we're not working with Google. We're we're independent. Um, Google is doing it themselves. Competition. Um, it is Google is a potential competitor because they're big. They're doing a lot of things. Uh, but for the Otter app itself, I think we are actually uh, leading. Uh, in, we're the leader in this space. Google actually selected Otter as 
uh, one of the best apps of 2018 uh, in Google Play Store. Um, so that's you know really good endorsement from Google. They they like the quality, they like the utility, they like the user interface. And then as I mentioned, Apple uh, App Store featured um, Otter as the app of the day yesterday. So. Um, so we, we, we do seek a potential competition, but you know, we're as a startup, we're moving forward really fast. We're building a lot of new features, you know, continue to improve the AI as well. Um, the quality of the data we have is actually really big. We have um, a, a, a many million meetings already that user um, uh, recorded using uh, order, as I mentioned, you know, the, the machine uh, could use some of that. And also, when we need to do more troubleshooting, we actually ask the user for permission and say, you know, is it okay if we look at, you know, any meeting you can give us to uh, let us do more uh, detailed troubleshooting. You know, if the user give us permission, we can look at some of the meetings uh, which they give us permission. Okay. Um, so, that's a little bit about Otter, but I, I want to find a little bit more about you, Sam. So, where 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 did young Sam grow up? Um, I grew up in Beijing. I went to Peking University studying computer science. Then I came to the United States to go to graduate school. Um, I got my PhD in computer uh, in electrical engineering. Uh, in uh, Stanford, but I was focusing on uh, software, computer software, uh, distributed system. As I mentioned, David Sheraton was my PhD advisor. I uh, learned a lot from him in terms of thinking big, um, you know, uh, targeting very ambitious goals. So um, right now, I think, you know, for Otter, we are doing something very, very ambitious, um, you know, in terms of both the, the challenges uh, of the technology, you know, we are competing against the Google, we're competing against the Microsoft, Amazon, Apple. Um, so um, many people felt, you know, this is uh, too difficult. But uh, as you saw, Otter itself is doing really well. Um, the large guys, you know, it's true they have tons of resources, but, you know, they have a thousand other things to do. Exactly. So, all about a focus and all about passion and you know we are obsessed uh, on this other product you know the other people in google they may be interested but they're not so uh, passionate about it so you know this is why silicon valley is so vibrant new startups you know are born and you know, facebook google used to be a startup you know compared to uh, ibm and microsoft so um, and Zoom, you know, they beat Google Hangouts, and now they're a $25 billion company. So I think someday Otter could be, you know, much bigger as well. So that's our goal, to build a billion-dollar company. And, and why not? I, can think, I can't see why you won't get there, actually, to be honest. I think you're doing very well. Um, so given, given that Otter has to go beyond the, the immediate challenges, obviously competitors, language, uh, improving the skills. What other features and functions, you've added custom vocabulary, are there any other low-hanging features and functions that you can tell us that might be coming out down the road with Otter, or is that something you're keeping quiet? 
Um, I can talk about some of them. For example, um, where uh, in Otter you can already see um, summary keywords. Um, I don't know if you noticed before, at the beginning of the transcript, uh, there are uh, keywords that um, summarize uh, the, the gist of the meeting. For example, yeah. uh, we use the order for uh, TechCrunch Disrupt San Francisco. Um, they use order to transcribe all the speeches and uh, all the speeches are searchable and on the top there are keywords. You can actually click on any keywords and jump there right away. Uh, fertility. Okay, this one talk about fertility. Oops. So I click on that, it jumped to that word right away. Um, so we're working on more um, natural language processing algorithms to um, gen to recognize um, important sentences in the conversation. You know, when you, for example, when you um, make a decision, when you talk about action items in the product meeting. Um, we're working on uh, algorithms that can automatically automatically uh, identify those. Um, I don't know if you noticed that actually this is a, a feature that's already released. If you hear something interesting, um, you can highlight it. Um, can you see the screen? The, yep. So this allows you to bookmark the conversation as well. Right? If you hear something interesting, or some in, uh, important numbers, important facts, um, you can highlight it and later on it helps you find them quickly. So, That's very much like Medium actually, isn't it? Medium does that very well, where right. it allows me to read a Medium article and highlight it and then other people who read the same article can see the highlighting. That's right. great. Yeah, so this, is, like this feature, uh, the manual highlighting is already available and later the computer will learn to uh, guess which sentence may be important. They'll try to identify those as well. So the, those are you know, new challenges we're taking on to uh, make the conversation, the transcript much more intelligent. And where, where do you see this all going? I, I guess you've said one thing, it's a billion dollar company. You've, you've had a company before that you sold to Alibaba, so I assume there may be a trade sale out is one option. But, but where do you see Otter in five years from now? Is this going to be a universal uh, on everything that we have, every application? Because obviously, you know, to grow beyond the, the, the size you are today, you're going to have to be ubiquitous in every, every conversation that's going on somehow. How do you yeah. see yourself getting into that into the stream of every conversation. Right. It must be through an API, I guess, but what, what in your head, what do you see? Um, you said part of it, the, the ambition is to get order to uh, be used in every conversation, um, whether it's um, uh, in, in, in my personal life. I actually, I use it in my personal life as well, you know, when I, my, I have a son in the high school. When I go to parent-teacher meetings, I use R. Um, we know there uh, uh, there's people who use R in doctor's office. 
because the doctors tell them so many things they don't understand and can't remember. So they use order to remember the doctor's instructions. Um, there are people who use it for their interviews, for their um, uh, presentations. They use it to, to help them coach, uh, uh, their, their, uh, improve their speaking skills. Uh, international students who use it um, for uh, lectures, you know, when, because their English uh, wasn't good for, you know, for ESL students. Um, UCLA, for example, uh, decided to uh, work with us because they have a lot of students who are hard of hearing. Every, every major university has lots of students who are hard of hearing or uh, have other learning uh, differences. So they found other really useful for education as well. Um, another big part is enterprise. Um, there is, uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, there's a, one of the biggest hedge funds in the world. It's called Bridgewater Associates. Their founder's CEO is Ray Dalio. He published a book called Principles. One of his principles is radical transparency. In Bridgewater Associates, they actually record all their company meetings and share them with people um, so that they have that radical transparency. Everybody's on the same page. We see that uh, principle will be adopted by more and more companies. So they will need a service like Otter to transcribe, to search, to analyze all the conversations. Enterprises then actually percent uh, of our time in meetings, um, which is a huge investment thinking about the price of each employee's uh, uh, you know, salary in terms of, you know, it's a $100 per hour, is a $200 per hour, right? Um, yeah. So if you spend that much time in meetings, you really want to know how effective, how productive the meetings are. What are the topics that people discuss? What are the decisions people make? People make? Uh, what are the projects? What are the action items? So this is why I see Otter will be pervasive uh, in the next few years. Um, so this is why Otter has a uh, enterprise um, plan right now. Uh, we, uh, uh, many enterprises start to deploy Otter for their own product meetings, uh, their own interviews, sales, customer conversations. You know, when you talk to co uh, customers, you really want to analyze what did the customer say? What did they complain? Did they mention other competitors, right? You want to uh, analyze it, aggregate it, um, and figure out a way to improve your own service. So um, this is why we see, you know, our, again, we see this as a collaboration tool. Uh, it's a system that works together with other collaboration software like Zoom, Slack, uh, Box, Dropbox, Google Doc, Microsoft Notes. If you look at all of this, actually none of them provide voice-centric or voice intelligence. So this is why we see Otter comes in and um, provide this uh, new AI service for uh, enterprises. So they can use Otter together with other tools. We're going to have actually more integration with them. 
you already have a good integration with Zoom, but uh, you can also use Otter together with other video conferencing uh, applications like WebEx, Skype, Google Hangouts. Uh, you can run Otter in the um, web browser uh, when you are running Google Hangouts, so you can transcribe it automatically. Then you you know you share it with other people in real time, or you can share it after the meeting is finished. Um, so Otter is you know part of the uh, collaboration ecosystem. I'm just watching while you're talking, Sam. It's amazing how it's writing it out and then recorrecting itself, realizing the context of the sentence that you've actually said. So it starts off by putting a word in and it goes back and actually gets the word correct. And the accuracy of what you, it's writing is quite amazing. Yeah, there was maybe one small minor mistake. It was like one letter it missed off. But other than that, it was super, super accurate. So it's amazing. I mean, I can imagine call centers using this for every call, every call. They say, you know, this call is being recorded. Well, now it can be transcribed, indexed, shared, collaborated, and, right. and then uh, aggregated up to a certain level of, okay, we had a, we had these seven calls in, people were complaining about this element of our product, bang, there's, a, there's an immediate Zendesk, I can see, you know, ticket issued, right. that goes down track, workflow. It's, a, it's brilliant. Um, I have, you know, obviously... Haven't used it to the extent that I'm seeing you you demonstrate it here today. Right. Yeah. Another part the real time transcription is not showing is the uh, voice recognition to recognize different persons' voice. Um, we are building new algorithms to show that um, in real time as well. Right now, actually, if you look at some of your old uh, transcription, this is uh, one of the TechCrunch transcription. Um, it's actually yeah. good. Uh, I was going to ask how you got that. How did you label that? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the first time you hear a new person speaking, author doesn't know who he is. Uh, so, but if you select like a one minute or two minute speeches of that person, and we can click on the uh, the person, uh, the picture here, and um, and select the name, or you can type the name, it remembers. Of the mapping between uh, the speech and the person's name, so we call it a voice print. It's you know think about a fingerprint. Every person has a unique voice, so um, it is able to remember that. And next time it, it hears the same person, it, it knows uh, who. So this is also important because the. Just the transcript itself, if you don't know who said it, um, you don't know, you know, where did he come from, right? You know, even the same sentence is spoken by different people, it may mean different things. And also, if the speaker is labeled, you can search based on speaker as well. You know, what did Elon Musk say, right? What did, um, um, say, you know, Tim Draper say? You can search based on the speaker name as well. So when you do the analytics, you can understand, um, okay, in this company meeting, who said 80% of the time? You know, nobody else has a time, has, has a chance to speak up. So that's actually another way to coach the meeting, uh, how to make a meeting more effective, especially for salesmen, actually, that's another use case. If the salesman keep talking and he's not listening, it's actually not good. 
uh, it's important for the salesman to give the customer more time to talk so that you know what they really need. Exactly, exactly. Um, so are you planning on allowing individuals and enterprises to store all of their transcribed data with you and create interfaces for searching? Because <clears throat> at the moment, uh, if I wanted to take the conversation that we have today and I wanted to publish it, could I publish the URL to Otter and make that public? Or do I have to take the URL with the HTML you explained earlier and put that elsewhere? Um, there, there are two ways to share. One is to, pri uh, to share privately um, use, uh, within the author system. Um, you can click on the share button and then um, it, it will uh, allow you to specify uh, the, uh, the, the email address of the other user. Uh, or if, you, if the contents are public, you can, um, if you look at my screen, there's a create a link and copy link. And this link is a public link. Um, it's like almost like in uh, YouTube, you know, the, the private link, the, yep. the public link is similar. Uh, this link, if you publish it, then everybody will be able to see it. Uh, this is also, also how the podcasters uh, publish their podcast with Otter. They actually put this link in the iframe um, uh, on their website so that um, the uh, Google can crawl it and index it and everybody uh, has access. Brilliant. Sam Liang, I'm going to say thank you very much for your time. It's thank you, Sam. That show was amazing. To listen again, please visit our website, marlofm.co.uk or visit our Facebook group, Sam Talks Technology. And now you can subscribe on iTunes. Never miss a show again. See you next week. Same time, same place.